I'm not afraid. Are you? The Watchman Speaks discusses biblical solutions to modern-day dilemmas. I'll tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. I am the old watchman, Ezekiel. I pray you listen. Welcome to The Watchman Speaks. I'm your host, Lonnie Richardson. Now today, once again, I'm going to discuss something out of the mainstream of Christianity that you don't hear much about. I've certainly not heard much about this topic, and I've only heard the topic briefly mentioned in a handful of sermons from the pulpit in my 60 years. In those instances, the understanding was, well, deficient. Today, I want to briefly discuss the trumpets of the Bible. Now, the trumpets of the Bible and the sounding of trumpets are a broad and wide-ranging topic, and there is far too much information to be covered with due diligence during the course of a single podcast episode. However, I am hopeful that I can give you a brief overview with enough information to at least pique your interest. I have only heard the trumpets of the Bible mentioned within two settings from the pulpit. The first being the seven angels sounding seven trumpets in the book of Revelation beginning in chapter 8 and concluding in chapter 11. And that mentioning was very brief. The other mentioning is one that most are more familiar with, and that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Likewise, in that mentioning of a sermon, I've only heard briefly as a part rather than a whole. Here's a question for you. If the seven angels begin sounding seven trumpets in Revelation chapters 8 through 11, would you know what you were hearing? Now, some of you would say that the church has been raptured by that time and would not be present when those angels sound seven trumpets. All right. I'll not argue that point with you, although I personally disagree. However, when the Lord himself returns with the trumpet of God, you will be present. I'll say that again. When the Lord himself returns with the trumpet of God, you will be present. Would you recognize that trumpet and what you are hearing? I'm not trying to be malicious or condescending. It's a genuine question. Would you know? Or would you be as Paul wrote in to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 14, 8? For if the trumpet produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? There is a distinct sound made on the trumpet to prepare for battle. There will be a distinct sound when Jesus returns with the trumpet of God. Will you recognize the sound of the trumpet? Okay, enough of the questions for time being. Let's move along. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 10, John writes, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. In chapter 4, verse 1, John writes, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, 
And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of the trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Now it is obvious that the Lord was speaking to John, and he was speaking to John with a voice like the sound of a trumpet. That leads me to conclude that the sound of the trumpet, or the shofar, is that which is like the voice of God. But how did John recognize the voice like the sound of a trumpet as God speaking to him? Well, see, John knew Scripture. In Exodus 19, God called Moses and the sons of Israel to Mount Sinai with the sound of a ram's horn shofar. John knew that in Genesis 22, God provided Abraham with a ram, a male sheep, as a substitutionary sacrifice for Abraham's son, Isaac. John knew that throughout Hebrew history and the culture of history of Israel and the Jews, that the ram's horn shofar was a symbol of God's provision. For Abraham had named that place Yahweh Yareh, the Lord provides. You may have heard it called Jehovah Jireh. So if the sound of the trumpet or the shofar is that which is like the voice of God, then what is the voice of God like? Well, in Genesis 1, verses 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, and 24, God spoke. And whatever God spoke came into being. That tells me God's voice is powerful and creative. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living being. God's voice is powerful and creative. God's breath is intimate and life-giving. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verse 20, it reads, At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. You see, Nehemiah knew scripture as well. He remembered in Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14, but Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which we, he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Nehemiah also remembered seven trumpets sounding and a great shout at Jericho when the impenetrable walls of Jericho came crashing down. Nehemiah remembered Gideon's 300 sounding trumpets and shouting a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. And the Midian army turned and slaughtered themselves. The sounding trumpet for Nehemiah was the call to battle. But Nehemiah knew that the God fight was God's fight. And chances are that Nehemiah remembered Numbers 10, verse 9. When you go to war in your land, against the adversary who attacks you. Then you shall sound an alarm on the trumpets that you may be remembered before the Lord your God and be saved from your enemies. Now the trumpets in numbers were not shofar. They were the silver trumpets of the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. They were hasasera. Even by Nehemiah's time, those silver trumpets had been lost to the ages of history. Nehemiah knew that the trumpets had summoned the captain and the host of the Lord before 
for Joshua at Jericho and for Gideon, and he trusted that they would do so again. But for Nehemiah and those rebuilding the walls and gates of Jerusalem, the attack never came. The sounding of a trumpet is a declaration of God's sovereignty over the earth and the universe. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 11 reads, He has made everything appropriate in his time. He has also set eternity in their heart, yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even unto the end. The sound of the shofar is a call for awakening. That's what I experienced when I first heard the ram's horn shofar. The eternity in my heart was awakened at the appropriate time. And I've chased hard after God to know his works, which are endless. And I'll never know it all in this lifetime. And that alone makes me chase after him even more relentlessly. Throughout Hebrew history and history of Israel and the Jews, it is believed that the sound of the shofar carries every syllable of God's word into the atmosphere. Now, why is that important? The sound of the shofar, which is like the voice of God, confuses the enemy as it did in the camps of Midian during Gideon's battle. Now, how can we know that? Well, it's in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Who is the prince of the power of the air? Who is the spirit working in the sons of disobedience? That would be Satan. His camp, his influence is in the atmosphere. When the sound of the shofar, that which is like the voice of God, goes forth, it causes confusion in enemy strongholds. Now, the devil's not omniscient. He doesn't know all things as God does. He doesn't know if it's a priest blowing the trumpet. He doesn't know if it's Lonnie sounding off. For all he knows, it may be angels or Jesus himself sounding the trumpet. Spiritual wars and spiritual warfare are fought in such a manner. Make no mistake about it. Now, you may be saying, Lonnie, that's all well and good. But I don't see what the importance is for me in some old, dusty, forgotten Jewish horn. Well, first of all, it's not an old, dusty Jewish horn. Forgotten? Perhaps. Why was it forgotten? Here's why. Because the persecutions of Jews and Christians during the first two centuries of the church anyone participating in what was considered to be a Jewish practice was rendered a death sentence. It's plain and simple. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no maybes. By the third century, the church had been taken over by the Gentiles, and the Messianic Jews survived as best they could, although they were pretty much swept under the carpet and forgotten like dust under the rug. Throughout the Old Testament, the sounding of the shofar was used for many things. Like what? Well, the trumpets were used in spiritual warfare that spilled over into the physical realm. The trumpets are interwoven into prophecy, prayer, worship, 
praises and thanksgiving. Solomon, the first king in David's line, was coronated king with a trumpet. The trumpet of God will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise, and the remainder who are alive will meet him in the air. Now, there's a funny thing about that Greek word meet. That word in Greek is a pantesis, and it was used only three times in the Bible. The first time was in Matthew chapter 25, verse 6, where five wise virgins took extra oil for their lamps to go meet the bridegroom. The second use of ampantesis is in Acts 28, 15, when the believers of Rome came to meet Paul as he traveled to Rome from Malta. The third usage of apantesis was in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 17. In each instance it is used. It is used as if someone went out to meet someone and ushered them back into a certain place. That's what's going to happen. We will meet the Lord in the air and usher him back where he will establish his kingdom. Having said that, not only does the trumpet of God raise the dead and call those who are living but it coordinates Jesus as king, the last king in David's line. Solomon was the first. Jesus will be the last. The trumpets were used to call, to assemble, and disperse, and the trumpet marks and records time at the ending and beginning of months, at the full moon, and on feast days. And you know what? They were used in the same manner in the New Testament as well. The trumpets, however, are not mentioned nearly as much in the New Testament as they are in the Old Testament. Why? Because their use had already been standardized and there was no need to reiterate. I remind you, Jesus was a Jew, and so was his disciples. Those 120 in the upper room, Jews. Those 3,000 at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out? Jews. The church initially was Jewish. Now did Jesus and all those Jews know the sound of the trumpet? You bet your last pair of strap-on sandals they did. But let's just for the sake of argument lay the Old Testament for a few minutes aside and take a look at the New Testament trumpets. With only two exceptions, one being 1 Corinthians 14.8 that we've already mentioned, and that being an indistinct sounding of the trumpet, and number two being Matthew 6.2 that you do not sound a trumpet to bring attention to yourself when giving to the poor. Every other mentioning of the trumpet in the New Testament has to do with the judgments upon the earth and the end of the age bringing about the return of Christ. I'd say that's pretty important. Let's look at some passages. Matthew 24, 29 through 31. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of all the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, 
and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to another. Now I'd like to bring your attention for a moment to verses 29 and 30 on that. And it says, But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And verse 30, And then the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet sound, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I doesn't say we'll always be with the Lord in the air. Remember, Apentesis, we're going to meet him and usher him back. Hebrews 12, 18 through 19. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness, and gloom, and whirlwind, and to the blast of a trumpet, and the sound of words, which sound was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. We're not going to be called back Sinai. We're going to be called Zion, and we're going to be called with the sound of a trumpet. Already I have addressed Revelation 1.10 and 4.1 where John gives the accounts that a voice, like the sound of a trumpet, spoke to him. But let's continue in Revelation. In Revelation 8, verses 1 or 2. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Verse 6, chapter 8. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. And verses 7 through 12 of chapter 8, four angels sounded four trumpets that brought great judgments upon the earth. And in Revelation 9, verses 1 through 12, the fifth angel sounded the fifth trumpet, unleashing hellish locusts upon the earth to torment man for five months. This is the first woe upon the earth. In Revelation 9, verses 13 through 20, the sixth angel sounded the sixth trumpet, and four angels were released upon the earth as was an army of 200 million. 
It is not until chapter 11 that seven trumpets are completed. In Revelation 11, verses 15 through 17, it reads, The seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sat on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God the Almighty, who are and who were, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. Now, when you take all that into consideration, consider this. It does not matter when you believe the rapture is going to occur. Well, it does, but as far as this discussion, it doesn't matter. It does not matter whether or not you believe what I've told you about the trumpets in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament. It does not matter whether you agree with me in regard to the trumpet in the New Testament. Whether you agree or believe or not is irrelevant. Whether you like it or not, when this time and age that we live in is getting ready to come to a close, it's going to go down with the sound of a trumpet. So what do you know about the trumpets of the Bible? Do you know the trumpet sound? Will you recognize the trumpet when it sounds? I am the old watchman, Ezekiel. And you, you have been warned. Well, that's all for now. I thank you for your time and participation. Our time together is precious to me. Please, come and visit me at theoldwatchman.com for show notes, articles, video content, book reviews, Bible study material reviews, and Bible study methods. It's my hope and prayer that you get to know me through this podcast. Through the website at theoldwatchman.com, I can get to know you. If you like the content, consider following The Old Watchman on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. See you next time. May nothing in your life be missing. Nothing in your life be broken. Shalom.